Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Who is this God who knows that he's going to save Lazarus, but before he does, has such extraordinary empathy and love for the pain of humanity that he takes time to weep with those who are weeping? God's love is now. You don't have to worry about him reaching in the future and bringing it to your past. You are by definition free to enjoy God today, right now, in this moment. You have an opportunity to experience the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords right now. me I want to direct your attention in the Bible Matthew chapter 4 I want to read verse 23 Matthew chapter 4 and verse really don't know if I'm going to teach or preach. I'm going to leave that up to the Holy Ghost this morning. I really don't know. All right. I just know God has a word for you today. Matthew chapter four, verse 23, speaking of Jesus. Now it says, now he went through all Galilee and I'm reading this from the English standard version teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And I really want to highlight that for you because in the next few moments, I just want to sort of unpack this portion of scripture. Let's read it again. Now he went through all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And I just want to talk to us for the next little bit on this title, the God of today. The God of today. And if you will help me out, would you just help me pray right now? I want the Lord to speak to us in this place. Let's go to him in prayer right now. Jesus, we love you. Lord, what an opportunity it is to stand in your house, in your presence. God, I pray that you would bless your word. God, I pray that you'd prepare our hearts, our souls to receive it. God, we want to receive everything that you have for us today. I pray that you'd release your anointing upon this word. God, help it to encourage us today. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. God bless you. Um, I am, uh, the older I get, the more amazed I am at how fast time flies. Anybody else? It's like, okay, you know, when you're young, it's like, oh, I can't wait to, to be 16. I can't wait to be 18. And, and there's these like, you know, 
there's these monumental ages that we we're striving for and it's like once you hit 18 it's kind of like the car shifts down into fifth gear and then you wake up and you're 33 and some of you are like wow that was a time ago <laughs> 33 you know but Really, it felt just like yesterday that I was, you know, getting my license and I was, uh, I was moving out of the house and I was becoming a, a man all by myself and I could pay for my own groceries. And it's just amazing how fast time flies. I was thinking about this. Mallory and I just celebrated this past November 10 years of marriage. 10! How, how is that even possible? And I have, marriage will teach you a lot of things. I've, uh, that was a, that, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Feeling a new direction to this one. <laughs> Let me just park the car right here. I've learned a ton. And, uh, you know, it's funny to, to kind of look back and, uh, and kind of laugh at some of the things you did early on in marriage. Um, it's funny because you think that you have it all figured out. And I really want to uh, say that again. You think that you have it all figured out. But really, you don't know anything. <laughs> you are just at the beginning. And you are trying to figure it all out. One thing I didn't know early on in marriage is that, um, there are, there are certain, there are certain words that you have to stay away from. Right? There, there, there are certain words that you, you gotta stay away from. And they, I could go on and on about that, but there's really that stand out to me. There's really just a few. Uh, and it's the words never, always, and fat. <laughs> okay? We're just gonna throw it out there. Never say never. And never say always and never say fat. Those are three words that you should never say in marriage. All right? And <laughs> and the reason that you are to avoid those words is because marriage is all about appreciating where you are at in the moment and not inflicting the past on your spouse presently, all right? And, and early on, I'm not aware that I'm supposed to stay away from these words. And so, you know, something would happen and we would be in, a, in, in, an, in an emotional discussion. And I would say something along the lines of, you always do that. And they say that you can't do that in marriage. You can't do that in a relationship because what you're doing is you are taking the past and you are inflicting it on the present. Does that make sense? And that's 
that makes for a, a, a really bad relationship because the whole idea is forgiveness, right? It's kind of a theme in relationship. And you can't say, you can't say you never, okay? Uh, again, that's past stuff. You're bringing up past stuff. Let the past be the past. Boy, I sound like a really good marriage counselor right now, all right? <laughs> Never, always, and then I just throw in fat because how many know you should never, ever, ever, ever <laughs> say that, right? Does this outfit make me look, all right? Never, ever. Now, how do I make this spiritual? <laughs> okay. With this thought in, in, in mind, this, this, this thought that bring, it, it, it brings us to a point about God, um, which I, I think is absolutely astounding. God, not only does he never inflict our past on us. All right. But wait. God, he, he doesn't use those words. He doesn't say you never, you always. Not only does he never inflict our past on us, but here's the amazing thing about God. God has this amazing ability. You know what it is? Foreknowledge. Yes, yes. Everyone know what foreknowledge is? Boy, foreknowledge could save a lot of heartache. Let me just, let me just stay right there for a second. Here's what foreknowledge is. It's the awareness of something before it happens or it exists. And, and that's, that's God. He knew you before you even existed. And he knows your future and, and he knows all about you. So God is so gracious and so loving. Not only will he not inflict your past on your present, but he won't inflict, hear this, your future on your presence. Now that's amazing to me. I mean, God, think about this, all right? Think about how extensive and extraordinary his love is for you. His love is so present. And that's what I want to talk about for just a few moments this morning. That God's love is now. God's love is present. God is love right now because he is the God of today. Now, it brings us to the scripture that we read in our text this morning about Jesus and this healing that he does that's recorded in Matthew's gospel. And I want to read it again to you. That Matthew chapter 23, he, he went about healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Think about this with me. It, every disease. Every affliction. It, it kind of makes you sit there and question as you're reading it. And you think to yourself, every? E every? But that's what the Bible says. Every single sick person. It didn't say every deserving sick person. It didn't say good sick people. It certainly didn't say righteous sick people. Every sick 
person. Every disease and every affliction that was among the people. And I step back and I read that and I think, wait just a minute. Wait a minute, God. You healed hands that would hit. You healed eyes that would lust. You healed feet that would run away. Now remember, God has this amazing ability for knowledge. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. And after reading these verses, it's like, man, God, you should really start utilizing this foreknowledge maybe a little bit more aggressively. Maybe you should pull that card out every once in a great while, even a little bit more. Now, if I was God, I would be like, all right, who needs a healing? All right, you need a healing. All right, everybody line up. Let's make a single row right here. Everybody who needs a healing, let's line up. Let's gather up. Let's gather up right here, right here. All right, who needs a healing? Okay, you need a healing? Yeah, I bet you do. Oh, I bet you do. Yeah, you want, okay, you want those eyes healed? No, sir, because I know what you're going to do. As soon as I give you this miracle, I know exactly what you're going to do after your healing. So I would say, move along, sir. Next. (laughs) That's what I would do. How many are grateful that I'm not God? How many are grateful that you're not God? All right. I want you to think about this. Jesus heals bad people. He heals feet that won't run to him, but will run away from him. He heals people who will use the miracle to do bad things. Brings us to another portion of scripture in Luke's gospel, and maybe you've heard of it, but these guys, they have, they have leprosy, and there's exactly 10 of them, and they're pleading with Jesus, and Jesus heals all 10 that had leprosy. Now, he knows the percentage of which will be grateful and thankful for their healing, and the percentage was what? One guy. My math is correct. That's 10%. Thank you, Sister Joanne. I see you. (laughs) Can we be honest this morning? If you've got 10 people in front of you, and you know that only one of them is going to acknowledge and be grateful and be thankful, are you going to heal all 10? Not me. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, y'all want to be healed. I bet you do. Guess what? I'm I, only one is going to be healed. You ask why? Because I know. I know that you guys are ungrateful. You're self-serving, but not God. Not Jesus. He said, you're healed. He didn't take away the healing. He heals bad people. I know we talk about how God's love is for everybody, that God loves the sinner. He loves bad people. Well, he takes it even a step further. He heals bad people. 
He heals those who will take their healing and do bad things. And it makes me wonder, God, what is motivating this? What kind of love is this? It brings me to another portion of Scripture, another passage in John chapter 11. Jesus comes back down the road several miles. And by the way, at this particular passage, he's late in the story. He waits two more days down the road. And on the fourth day, he comes and he heals Lazarus. Most people believe the reason that he did this, and I tend to agree, is because the Jews believe that by the fourth day, there was no hope for resurrection. This was their custom. By the fourth day, they would bury the body. It would be officially over. And I believe that Jesus waited for the fourth day so that they knew that he had the power over life and death. Can I tell you this morning that we still serve an on-time God, and he knows exactly where you're at. You may think he's too late and you may think that there's no hope for your situation, but my serve, my uh, friend, we serve a God who is still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus and his voice is calling out to those to come out. He may not come when you want him, but I know he's going to show up on time. Now something very odd unfolds before Jesus heals Lazarus. He comes down the road, and why is he coming? Why is he on his way there? Well, he's gonna heal him, right? He's going to heal Lazarus. And when he gets there, the Bible says, John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept now you read that verse and it just kind of makes you stop and wonder for just a minute Jesus wept now I, I, I know we have the luxury of reading on to the next verse but if you were to just stop there right at verse 35 and think about it Jesus is on his way to heal somebody why is he wasting this emotion? This, Brother Hogan, this is mysterious. This, 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 this verse of scripture, Jesus wept. And I know you know, this is the shortest verse in the New Testament, right? This is probably the first verse that you ever memorized. Sunday school teacher, oh man, I got to memorize the verse by next Sunday. Jesus wept. Bam, done. I'm good. All right? But think about it. Jesus wept. Why? Why did he weep? Do I know for sure? Maybe not, but I've got a guess. I've got a, a hunch. Why did he weep? If he, but he knows that he's going to heal Lazarus. He knows that he's going to perform a miracle. He knows that Lazarus is going to be okay. Why 
Did he weep? Did he waste his tears? Did he, did he, did Jesus waste his healing power on bad people who would use their healing to do bad things? Did Jesus waste his power and his time on nine lepers? Now, logically, if I'm honest, I would maybe answer yes. Maybe he did. But then, this is, this, you gotta remind yourself who you're talking about and what you're reading and who you're reading about. This is God that we are talking about. And God doesn't waste anything. Nothing about God is wasteful. Everything he does is completely intentional. There are no oops moments with God. So Jesus cries. Why? Why? What's, what's the point? What's the message? And here's the conclusion that I come to. The reason that Jesus wept is because his love is always now. His love is always today. His love is present. I want you to think about that. God's love is always. Consider the self-control of this love. God's love is always now. Here's how I'll explain it. All right. If I was God and I knew that at 40, all right, that you are going to do something stupid, all right, something so dumb, at age 25, I would be mad at you and I would be right, okay? If at age 40, Brother Hogan, I know that you're going to make a big mistake at your age, on your 25th birthday, if you woke up and you're like, good morning, God, I'm like, hey. <laughs> what, God, did I do something wrong? Yeah, you did. What did I do? Uh, it's not, you haven't done it yet, but you're going to do it. And so, yeah, let's. Let's just not talk about it. No, God, what did, no, 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 no. No, what did I do? And, and, and so we go through this whole thing of like, no, you did something. It's in your future. What was it? Oh, it's not what you've done. It's what you're going to do. Well, what do you mean? Uh, it's when you're 40. But God, I'm 25 today. Yeah, but I'm God. And I know what you're going to do. So stop arguing with me. But God, I'll try really hard. I'll t just tell me what it is and I won't do it. No, it doesn't work like that. I know what you're going to do. That's what makes me gone. So today on your 25th birthday, I am mad at you because when you turn 40, you're going to do something dumb. And by the way, that would be justified. All right. W would it not? Would anyone contest that? Would anyone argue that God knows what you're going to do when you're 40? Would anybody argue with that? Some of you are like, uh, I used to be 40. <laughs> God knows what you're going to do at 90. God knows what you're going to do at 95. How many are hoping to make it to 90 and 95? <laughs> All right. Some of you. <laughs> 
I don't know about you, but if I knew, I'm going to be mad now. What, what, what kind of love is this? God, you know Lazarus in moments is going to be healed, but let me ask you something. God, you're getting ready to perform a miracle, and the scripture says that you stop and you took time to weep. Let me ask you, does this lessen the pain that Mary and Martha are going through in that moment? Is this pain not real? Is this sadness not real that they are feeling that their brother, their little brother, has just died? Isn't it interesting? Jesus doesn't walk up and say, oh, Mary, Martha, you guys, you cut that out. I'm here now. He's, little Bubby's going to be okay, all right? I'm going to get ready. I'm going to call his name. He's going to come out. You stop that crying. And Mary, Martha, oh, yeah, these, these tears aren't real. No, no, we knew you would come. Did it lessen the pain that they were going through? Did, did their emotions stop? No, 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 no. Their tears were real. Who is this God? who knows that he's going to save Lazarus, but before he does, has such extraordinary empathy and love for the pain of humanity that he takes time to weep with those who are weeping. And hear me today. God can't fake tears. He cries with Mary and Martha. This God that I'm talking about is extraordinary. This God that I'm preaching about is amazing. He heals bad people. He blesses bad people. And he even knows what they're going to do. And I don't mean to be in any way belittle grief and belittle people's desire to be empathetic when, when we're in grief. But I want to tell you that God is ever present. God's love is today. Do you realize how extraordinary our God is? He understands us. You, you, you have to love that verse, Psalms 103 and 14, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He remembers that we're dust. He gets us. He gets our plight. He gets that we really don't get eternity. That we're not on his level. And in these moments... The resurrection has changed everything. And we will be in eternity together. And we have the hope of heaven. And we ought to hold on to that eternal life. We've sung about it this morning. And heaven ought to be a major theme of our existence on this planet. And yet the only context that we really have ever experienced with our five senses is this troubled world that we live in. And when our loved ones are gone, even though we're only separated temporarily, the pain is real and it's deep and it's challenging and there is a lot of pain. And Jesus comes on the scene to Mary and Martha and he said, let's just weep. Let me weep with you. Jesus wept. Why? Because he is the God of today. He is the God of right now. 
There's a verse in Romans and it says weep with those who weep and laugh with those who laugh. And that's a scripture that most of us know and can quote it every now and then when a brother or sister is going through a a struggling time or maybe we're at a funeral of someone and and we can weep with those and we know the scripture and we know, yeah, Bryce, I know what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to weep with those who weep and we're supposed to laugh with those who laugh. But remember, Jesus is the word. This verse is him. That's, that's God. He knows everything, and yet he'll weep with you now because his love is present, and his love is now, and his love is here, and his love is available. Why? Because he's the God of today. He's the God of right now. Oh, I pray that you can hear the invitation of the Lord that says, come unto me. Are you heavy laden? Are you burdened down? You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be anxious. I am the God of today. Come on, you believe that this morning? He's the God of right now. Now. He does not inflict your past on you. He won't inflict your future on you. My God will love you now he'll heal you now he'll bless you now he'll be with you now why because he's the god of today is he wasting his power is he wasting those tears no that's god that's this extraordinary god you know, 1 Corinthians 13, you go through 1 Corinthians 13, and, and I urge you to go through that great love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious. It's not boastful. That's a portion of Scripture that you will hear read at almost every wedding, reminding the couple of what love is. But I was thinking about this, and I remembered another verse that says this, that God is love. You know what 1 Corinthians 13 is? It's God. It is describing God's love. It's a desc- it's describing, uh, uh, it's a description of the height and the width and the length and the depth of our God's love. And God's love never fails. God's love is faithful. God's love is constant. God's love is today. God's love is now. You don't have to worry about him reaching into the future and bringing it to your past. You are by definition free to enjoy God today, right now, in this moment. You have an opportunity to experience the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords right now. Come on, lift your hands in this place. Entertain his presence because the God of today is in this place. His love is ever-present. His faithfulness is today. I love that scripture in 1 John. As our music comes this morning, it says this, perfect love casts out fear. Brother Bishop, what kind of love? Perfect love. 
perfected, finished, accomplished love. God perfected and finished his great act of love for all of humanity. And now if you and I will be caught up and preoccupied with what he has already done for us, my friend, it will completely eradicate and remove all fear. This perfect love, it it casts it out. And as God followers, we have been given a license to never fear again. And the fear of God is better said to be the awe of God. We are in awe because fear has been removed. What fear? Fear of the future. Fear of the past repeating itself. Whom the Son has set free. Yes. In this moment. You're completely free today. You are completely and utterly free. My friend, you don't have to anticipate anything. You don't have to anticipate any evil, any wicked. You have been set free to anticipate that which is good. Because he's the God of today. He's the God of right now. Will challenging times come? Will we go through a trial? Will we go through a fire? Will there be difficult times? Life is difficult on this planet. Life can be hard. It has a way of doing that to us. But we've been set free by the love of God. His perfect love has cast out fear. Part of fear is the expectation of bad things tomorrow. But this perfect love has cast that out to where I can anticipate that which is good. I want to encourage you. You can rest easy in the love of God. God is sovereign. God is in control. God is present. And God loves you today. And when you know that, it'll set you free. Jesus says, come. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'll show you if you'll just come to me. I'll show you that how you can take real rest. I urge you today to lean into his presence. Lean into his present love. His now love, his today love, the love that God has for you is right now. Do you stand with me all across this place? I'll end 
with this just little illustration of two young boys who are growing up so fast. Parenting is a it's a unique opportunity. And my children are just flashing before my eyes. I come home. I, I believe I said it this weekend. The Easton was sitting there in the living room. I said, man, he just looks like a teenager. <laughs> he tries to act like one too. Um, I got to remind him he's seven. But I remember thinking one time that, you know, that I was just getting so caught up in the busyness of life that I started to miss out on some things. They walk through the door and they're seven years older. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, what am I doing? I'm, 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 I'm missing. I miss it when they were a baby. And you know how, how parenting is. It's funny. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't wait until they're out of diapers. I, I, I can't wait and, until they can do this. And, but then you're kind of going back and forth like all of a sudden they're starting to talk normal and you're like, no, still please roll your R's a little bit more. Use this letter instead of that letter. I love it the way you talk. It's so sweet and innocent and precious. And then you go back, oh, I can't wait until they can put their own car seat in. And I can't wait until they can dress themselves. And I can't wait until they know how to fix a grilled cheese sandwich. I can't wait. And the cycle goes on and on and on. And I wonder sometimes, Bryce, make up your mind. What do you want to do? Do you want to go forward? Do you want to go back? Or do you want to enjoy today? And I wonder sometimes if that's what God does with us. He's a God of today. He's a now God. And I don't want to get caught up in what's going to happen tomorrow. And I certainly don't want to get caught up in what happened yesterday. But I want to serve and live for Him in this moment, in this hour, today. Didn't Jesus teach that? Yes, Don't worry about tomorrow. Enjoy today. Enjoy God's love that is present and now. Church, God is with you now. God is love and it's right now. God is for you right now. God loves you today. I don't know what you're going through. And I don't pretend to know. I don't pretend for a moment to understand what you're facing and the challenges and difficulties of your life. But I feel the Lord in this place inviting us to lean into His love and let yourself just live today. I believe there are many of you in this room that are hurting right now. It may be the pain of something that someone did to you in the past that won't go away. It might even be a heaviness perhaps of something that you've done and you're carrying that with you. It may 
may be the fear of what's coming up in your life and there's a weight on you right now and at this moment hear me today you simply need to experience the now love of God because he is a God of today every head bow every eye close if you will If that's you, I just want to tell you that His presence is here. And you can know Him today. And in His presence, there is a peace that goes beyond our human ability to understand. You know, here soon we're going to be in heaven before we know it. And this life will be over. We don't have too many days to hope and wish that we could go back to the good old days or hope and wish for another day. All we have is today. God will weep with you today. He will laugh with you today. He will rejoice with you today. He knows what you're going through right now. And so I want to encourage you. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.